Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and today I'm joined once again by Kevin. Hey, hey. Kevin's been uh, doing a long streak. It's been pretty nice. <laughs> oh, I have, I have a lot to make up for for the long streak I missed, so. But you got one back. coming up. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. Good to have you around, though, of course. Hey. Let's go ahead and start off with the Geekbox before we get into anything else. Pulling out nice. a question right now iPhone or Android? God, this is the guy for this question right now. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Green text. <laughs> I was going to say, I know that you know that I'm the, the, the green, the green chat box in the, in, yeah. I'm an Android guy. Just, okay. So there was a time when people swore up and down that Apple computers were better than PCs. Right. And I was always a Microsoft guy. Always been a Microsoft guy. Still am. Will always be a PC guy. When I first got my very first smartphone, it was not an Apple device. I've only ever had one Apple device. And it was an iPod and didn't use that thing very much. So I've never had the need for an iPhone. Never wanted to. I never used my phone for like everything that you can do for it. You know, I like yeah. browse the Internet. I have got my my social media apps and I text. That's essentially it. So I'm, I'm an Android guy because it's simple for me. And I don't need to have another account that has all my information when Google already yeah, has that's, it all. <laughs> and, and Apple likes to take as much as they can. They do feel like, I mean, of course, they're all billion dollar companies. They make their money off our information, but it does feel like they're a little bit better about it than other companies. <laughs> that might be just <laughs> false securities on uh, that one. South Park did like a whole episode, the the human sent iPad. Yeah, that's based fair. on the TOS for Apple devices. So, and I do click that button, not assuming that I'm not going to be in a human set that yep. so. <laughs> Yeah, definitely iPhone for myself, of course. Um, I actually I'm an Apple Watch guy, Apple headphones guy. Uh, the only thing I don't have is an Apple PC because, like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I gotta really <laughs> right. play video games. <laughs> but I'll play. Everything. I'll do everything else. Apple for sure. You have to have like a dual boot system. Uh, at the very least to either have windows or maybe steam yeah. os or something if you had a had a macintosh i don't know if they God, still call them macintoshes like pain, yeah <laughs> uh yeah so i remember back in the day when pc gaming was first a thing it was kind of just only apple right like oregon trail days and stuff like that i remember only playing on mac i don't remember no, no i never had i even as a kid like in the the 90s it was always windows 3.5 or 3.1 windows 3.1 was, Dude, that was great. I yeah, that's when I that played all, all the DOS games that I played were from yeah. Windows 3.1 driven computers. Yeah, uh, that's a good times, man. Back then, you used to be able to make macros. Where you, well, I'm sure you probably still can somewhere, but you still like drag your mouse around and make macros. So then I would set up a macro for literally everything you could possibly do just because I thought it was like future tech. <laughs> <laughs> the future is now. All right. Uh, some information on the network, guys. Uh, we have new uh, bonus episodes coming from Challenge Accepted. These are going to be, if you guys listen to our A24 episode, read by me, these are going to be similar. Thomas had a really good idea, like, hey, why don't we do a lot more of those, but we'll make them just for Patreon. Good kid. And uh, also, they made a new partnership with Spotify, so you could just add our feed to your Spotify account. You can kind of do it with all of them, but it's a lot easier now with Spotify. And so, boom, you can just listen to all your Patreon-exclusive content over there. It's just a buck a month to join. Our first one's going to be the life and career of Christopher Nolan. Makes sense because we already covered a lot of his movies, so we're going to do that again. And we finish it off with the top five. So that'll be coming out this week. And I promise to not sound like a robot. That last one, I, I heard it from Thomas, man. I was just like, I had it all written out pretty and stuff like that. Then I wanted to sound like some, you know, Ken Burns documentarian kind of guy. And I sounded too robot so I'm going to be I'm a little more playful with it. Just I promise it should be good. It's always a tricky balance to keep when you're trying to you don't want to over prepare. You don't want to under prepare. But when you over prepare, you're trying to read the script and you're trying to keep up with it and trying yeah. to keep on. So you're trying to read it. And then you're like and then he grew up and he was. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I was like this. It was a Ben Steinbender or whatever. I'm totally doing that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's a deep. That's a deep cut right there, guys. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into the new. Wonder Woman is not coming back for the DCU. So this is really odd situation where Gal Gadot's like, oh yeah, I had a conversation. And then James Gunn and Peter Saffron are like, we don't know what she's talking about. She's definitely our, not our new Wonder Woman. Uh, they're going to do one that takes place in the Wonder Woman universe called Paradise Lost. It's a series. And it is like a thousand years before Wonder Woman's even alive. So it's definitely not that. 
we don't know if Wonder Woman will ever come back. Do you feel like she's super vital to a new DC universe? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to try to not backtrack on what I said last week, um, where I think that she would have helped. Like, she's a familiar enough face. I'm not going to say she's vital because I, I don't think any one person's vital to DC right now yeah. because DC doesn't have an identity of its of its own. The DC uh, movie universe, at least right now, doesn't have its own identity right now. So nobody's vital to it. Hopefully, James Gunn will change that. But right. Yeah. At this point, no, not at all. Well, just with the trilogy, the famous DC trilogy or trilogy Trinity uh, with Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman, I feel like you have to have those three around. So I think if we don't have her planned, we need to have it kind of like foreshadowed in some way that, yeah, we will get our Wonder Woman. We will get our Batman pretty soon. I mean, Superman's going to be the first one out the gate. It's going to be tricky without it. All right. Red Dead Redemption's coming to Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4. This thing's going to be 50 bucks. Would you buy a port? Not a remaster, not a remake, a port for $50. No, just no. I mean, people can play this on their Xboxes, on their Xbox Ones, the Xbox 360 version. If you had a 360 disc, you put that in there and you just up convert it for free. Why why would you need to? No, I'm all for Switch games. I I have my own Switch collection that you can't see on the camera right now, but I've got Mm -hmm. my own Switch collection brewing. Not one that I'm selling that I'm flipping. It's it's my my personal collection. And I, that game will never be a part of it just because it's so easy to have it on every other device that's come out since what Red Dead Redemption is 2009, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I played it recently just because I wanted to play Red Dead 2 and I was like, I need the story. But yeah, what yeah. I to me, 50 bucks. I mean, this should For be like a nice cool port. I know. Just give us, give us the $20. Like, that's good for me. 20 bucks is f- still feels fine for a port. It's kind of the like going rate, anyways. And I mean, you're not going to give it any kind of soft remaster. I think Rockstar botched that GTA remaster so bad that they're afraid to touch it again. <laughs> well, that was the thing is yeah, that's it's probably the exact same thing, actually, is they were probably planning on calling this a remaster and then realized they didn't really remaster the Grand Theft Auto one. And oh, this is just like the Grand Theft Auto one. Let's let's not call this one a remaster. That kind of yeah went poorly last time. Yeah, it's a really good story. A really good game. We need a Red Dead we need a Red, Dead, a Red Dead remaster, sure. But, I mean, just like, let's start getting some updates on the franchise. I feel like Rockstar, like we see with a lot of video game companies, they found out that they could do multiplayer and just start milking that for cash. And all development shifts to that. And it's a shame because what got you guys big was these huge Grand Theft Auto titles. And, man, GTA 6 feels like it's forever away. We never hear really any updates on it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all the big game companies are like that. Bethesda's been working on Starfield for how long now? And it's just coming out three weeks from now, two weeks from now, something like that. Yeah. If it does, I'm still skeptical. Honestly. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, it, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing to focus all on multiplayer when you're a single player company, you know, for the most part, but mm-hmm. focusing on one game at a time, I don't think it's a bad strategy. Even with Bethesda, Fallout 76 feels like oh, true. you just yeah. slowed down their two better games with Elder Scrolls 6 along coming up like six years from now. Freaking crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it just feels like I wish that these on these multiplayer games, I don't know, had a separate team, add, add additional developers. Lord knows they could use the work right now. And it just uh, just drives me nuts. Yeah, do the one time I'm going to say this, they should take learn from Ubisoft. The one time I'll ever say they should learn from Ubisoft. Because um, Ubisoft has different teams working on different games, not just different franchises, but like take Assassin's Creed, because I always talk about Assassin's Creed. They've got one team working on uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage that's coming out later this year, and then a full other team working on uh, the the next open world RPG one set in uh, Japan, I believe. So yeah. and plus the mobile game that's coming out that actually looks looks kind of almost OK. Uh-oh. Kind of, kind of almost. <laughs> it's a mobile game, so it's going to have a bunch yeah. of gotcha stuff that I'm uh, not yeah, for. But yeah, but yeah, even with Ubisoft, the way they do it is it's like different studios. So sometimes you feel like I, I like the Montreal one. Anytime the, the Ubisoft Montreal makes something like this is going to be better than others. It's like they have their own. You feel the signature of that certain studio that's working on it. Yep. Next up, TikTok is adding. We talked about how they're adding. They added podcast and it was like just as soon as that released, they added something new. So this actually came as an announcement through Peacock. They're trying to advertise this show called Killing It. 
it's it's a whatever show. But the idea is that they're going to be airing the first three episodes for free on YouTube and on TikTok. Now, Peacock's shows are 22 minutes long. That's how sitcoms work. So it's going to be 22 minutes on TikTok, and I suspect that it'll be vertical or whatever, horizontal, the other way. And so it'll be a little different. Uh, this feels like it's another step. We just talked about how TikTok's going for those podcasts. Do you think TikTok's trying to like, like, oh, we see that Twitter's stumbling. Let's try to become the new big platform. Yeah, I, I actually do think exactly that. Like, I've been going ever since that, that time that we talked last week on the podcast about TikTok adding more long form stuff to its uh, to the rotation. My for you page has actually had stuff that's longer than a minute, which used to never happen. My for yeah. you page was always a cap at 59 seconds. But now I'm getting stuff that's like seven or eight minutes, 10 minutes. And it seems weird because I thought the cap before was three minutes on stuff like that. And now yeah. I'm getting like really long form stuff. And it's it's I think it's I think it's a good thing for me. I have the attention span for it. Kind of weird to say, because I always talk about how bad my attention span is, but I, I'm, I'm here for it. I like it. Yeah, I know 10 minutes is the l- longest length now. Um, with this, though, going up to 22 minutes, it feels like they're just fully going to aim at YouTube and. If that's the case, then we're going to start uploading full length podcasts on there. Like, why not? But yeah, I just find it interesting to, to to see. We've seen so much stuff like just today. Like, I hate the news. Mark Zuckerberg's like, oh, I'm not going to fight Elon Musk now. And Elon Musk calling my chicken. Like, I don't care about you two. And, and here you guys are just like funding the lobbyists that are trying to take TikTok down. Meanwhile, TikTok's like, you guys do what you want to do. We're going to keep adding stuff to our content. It's like, that's how you win this social media war. And it's not about threads, not about Twitter. It's about just doing it. And, you know, it feels like they actually are over there. I'm liking it a lot. The Witcher creator, Andre Sebskowski, God, I practice that name like crazy, uh, announces a new upcoming novel for the Witcher franchise. It's going to be the first addition to the Witcher canon since 2013's Season of Storms. Have you been tempted to, are you a big reader or any, any books like that? No, not really. If I was, I, I know what you're going to ask. The, the Witcher books would probably be if I had the time for them. I started reading the ice, the uh, song of ice and fire books, like yeah. when season one of Game of Thrones started and I got hooked on those books. If I was still in that same mindset, the Witcher books would probably be my next go to. I know they're very in depth with lore and they don't mm-hmm. necessarily the games and then the TV show don't necessarily a hundred percent follow the story of the book to my knowledge, but the yeah. books are the source material for it all. So, but yeah, I definitely don't have time for it now and I don't think I will now, but I would consider it, you know, five, 10 years ago. I have the same problem where like I read the game of Thrones books and stuff, of course, but I have to be in that like mood, like just same thing with anime. Like I have to be like in the mood to do this. And I have I am dragging ass whenever I try to just like jump in on something thinking I'm going to dive into it. And this feels like daunting, man. There's so many of these Witcher books. Anything that's like fantasy, high fantasy, anything like that. I have a hard time with nowadays because my brain. I'm going to turn this into a Star Trek conversation. Frank. I was waiting for it. <laughs> my brain is very uh, attuned to sci fi. And yeah. I've been like overloaded with, with Star Trek lately. And it, in a good way, I, I'll add, because mm-hmm. there's no other sci fi franchise that can really hit the notes that Star Trek's hitting right now. And yeah. it to have a whole other like world with all the lore and all the characters and everything that's been going on for, I don't know, the last book was. 10 years ago for the witcher like mm-hmm. when was the first book out i don't yeah, even point. know that's probably that's, early 80 or late 80s probably that's where game of thrones was kind of like early 90s right yeah and just all the lore all the 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 fan fiction probably is pretty good yeah. too that's like there'd be a lot of stuff to get into and then i'd be like all right maybe i should give the games another shot because i really liked the second one i didn't really try the third one very much and then i'd be like oh well now i gotta watch the netflix show i it's yeah. it's too much it's no, I I can't. That's, I have a hard time with Trek fantasy is. books or not. I'm sorry, not fantasy books, sci-fi books, because when they describe technology to me, I think it's kind of like it doesn't grab me the same way fantasy does. I, mean, I wish it did because the Star Trek books are awesome. It's just I'd rather learn about the character and not so much about like the stuff on the ship. I don't know what it is. I, I you know, techno babble translates better on screen than it does in text, whereas magic <laughs> is, you know, just magic. You can yeah. visualize a fireball. You can visualize a flaming sword or Legolas sliding down a, a staircase on his shield. 
it's funny that that would be another topic for another time just like iconic moments from movies that just we always go to like that bro great idea <laughs> just, yes. just thinking of anytime i think of lord of the rings it's either that or it's like let's taking down the elephant that's got like the olefant that's got like yeah. all the the people on it that still only counts as one those are the two parts of lord <laughs> of the rings that i just always think of with that i'm right away thinking of like that scene at the end of godfather when the door's shutting oh and, my gosh uh, and it's like oh my god he's he's now the boss it's so good yeah. uh okay remember this <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this for sure uh, yeah, so uh, let us know, guys, if you guys are reading the Witcher books, how hard are they to read? Because I don't know if I could jump into a big lore. Th- like right now, I'm having a hard time getting through like young adult novels that are stacked up <laughs> next to my bed. Those are supposed to be pretty easy to read. And I'm still like dragging my butt on these. All right, back into gaming, Street Fighter 6 and TMNT are working together. They just came out with a new pack of skins for TMNT. Now, the hard part of this is they're not new characters. They're only skins. And you're being charged $15 for this. Do you feel like when you're playing a game that that you necessarily need the new character? Because I feel like I'd rather have more content in the skins, I think, personally. I've never understood the the skin craze. I know mm-hmm. it pretty much originated, to my knowledge, with Counter-Strike. And that okay. was like where the skins started coming in. Like everybody wanted the the best knife skins or the, whatever. And then every big multiplayer, the competitive multiplayer game since then has had some form of that. I don't understand that new characters for a fighting game. I could see that as worth money because somebody somewhere is going to have it. So if, if you want the competitive edge, then you have to yeah. buy it, too. But not skins. Come on, man. Yeah. no. Uh, so I, I was big into League of Legends back in the day. Uh, season like two is when I first got into it. And they have a really kind of smart policy back then. Who knows what it is now? But it was like a new character every month. But new skins like every week, really, they were they were coming out fast and was really smart. I, they got me every time is when they came out with a new character, they automatically came out with two additional skins for them. You could buy as a bundle Oh, bundling skins. Yeah, I'm in. They always had me 20 bucks on that one. So I feel like to me, I'd rather have personally the more content update coming into those skins than the characters, because I feel like characters, the balancing is such a pain in the ass that sometimes it just throws the game out of whack and then everybody's got to play that character. Yeah. and that creates a whole new problem that you're just circling around the entire time, you know? Yeah, that's something I don't ever have to think of because it's very prevalent in fighting games and in MMOs. Yeah. When you add something new to that, you got to balance it. If it's not balanced, it changes the entire meta of the game, which is a whole nother thing that keeps me out of those genres specifically is because I don't want to play yeah. the game outside of the game to be able to play the game. That's just too much. That's a great another topic for another time right there. Game metas. I oh want to talk gosh. about that, man. I, I would love to talk about that too. Might Every time we go brain. back to World of Warcraft, like there's always a moment where like right now it's actually squeaks. Somebody's like, hey, let's, I want to play WoW again. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm resubbing. Let's do this. The first thing they do, and I do it myself just so I know where I'm standing, is check the DPS charts. How much damage does my character do compared to other characters do? And they'll pick their character based off whatever number one is. Well, every Tuesday, there's new patches that come out that'll fix that. But what's a shame is because that besets the new meta for that season, when you're wanting to play with other people, they know what that meta is, too. So they're not going to take you if your character is ranked lower because they think like, oh, no, but like I might be the best player ever at that character and will outperform what those numbers are saying. But people just they get that meta stuck in their head, man, and it's hard to work around that, you know? Yeah. I even (laughs) fell for that with uh, Diablo three in the season mode. And that when I played single player, like, yeah, oh, I yeah. never really cared too much what the meta was, but I always looked to see what the best uh, the best spec for whatever class I was going to play for that season right. was going to be. And I usually didn't stick with that because it requires finding like lucking out and finding all the gear and stuff to go with it, which is a whole yeah. other topic for a whole <laughs> other. I'm never going to talk about that, but right. <laughs> yeah. you know, that actually brings up a really good point. Lariat just put up the numbers for Boulder's Gate and I literally like 20 minutes ago, just finished downloading that thing onto the steam deck. So I'm going to be playing that here tonight. And they put out the numbers and they show like what classes are being played and like Paladin by a mile is everybody's favorite class. Really? Yeah. And I wanted to play Paladin, but then right away I'm like, ah, this makes me want to play Claire because it's the least played. And, and then it's like, that shouldn't have any bearing on me. (laughs) Why am I doing that? Do you have, does that ever happen to you? Yes, I never. I always am. I'm the con- I'm the contrarian. I always have to play the opposite. Same. I, well, I want to. Anyways, yes. I, oh, yeah, I was. Ha- so we were talking last week 
um, or maybe it was the week before is the one was when squeaks was here with us week and before. we were talking about uh, like the bard class and oh, I'd never play the bard. I'm my character's a bard. Like I, I I'm serious. <laughs> like, oh, you are. Cool. I, 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 yeah, I rolled a bard and I'm having a blast with it, but she is like dog shit in combat. Like I've got no combat skills, but if I can avoid combat, this character that I've made, she's the one that can do it because of her dexterity, charisma, and all of her persuasion and just ability to bard her way out of situations. It's yeah. it's awesome. I can't wait to dive in. Like I, I the numbers came out and they're saying like 90% of players spent more than an hour in customer uh, uh, character customization. <laughs> I can see that. So great. Matter of fact, there's a new patch. Watch watch your ears for the kids. They just fixed the penis clipping issue that was going on. So taken care of, folks. You're good. Nice. <laughs> The struggles are real, guys. Uh, yeah, so I'll give you guys an update. I'd like to stream that, but man, it's 150 gigabytes downloaded on the Steam Deck. Took a while, so I might have to try to do that twice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, Disney Plus is trying to crack down on password sharing. It's going to start in 2014. Yeah, they're also going to be increasing prices by about three dollars for everything. Boo. Fully, man. I mean, first off, like let's be honest. I I use Jonathan's account, so that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh- isn't it usually they do one or the other or at least one and then right? later do the other like Netflix? They were cracking down on stuff, but like, all right, we're not going to crack down on it, but we're going to raise prices. So they raise the prices and then they crack down and then they raise prices again. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a good PR move. And this yeah, one right. amid the writer strike, we're all pissed off at Bob Iger anyways. And he announces this and we're like, bro, <laughs> you better be announcing a deal with the strat- the writers and the actors very soon if you're going to be pulling this. Yeah, I I just don't, to me, Disney Plus does not have the value to do this kind of move. Netflix is losing that value. I think there's very few Hulu, YouTube, matter of fact, YouTube told me today, actually, that I'm going to lose my student discount because I've been using it too long, which I definitely have been. But I'm like, <laughs> I can't drop that YouTube, man. If I watch one YouTube ad, I freak the fuck out, man. I hate those YouTube ads. They're very invasive, too. Yeah. They, part, they put them back in the middle now. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't watched a YouTube ad, been, ad in maybe eight months, so that shows you where I'm at. That's one thing that's getting paid. I'll I'll have my air condi- my electricity shut off, but I'll be watching no ads on my YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we actually just canceled our Netflix account like Did two really? months ago. Yeah, like it, it wasn't it was my wife's account. I didn't have it set up in my name or anything, but like we together had had a Netflix account since like she we both had one before we got together eight years ago, and yeah. now yeah it. it we actually don't because like you were saying, the value is just not there anymore. It, mm-hmm. They kept raising the prices too much and they weren't coming up with enough or coming out with enough content to keep us engaged, I suppose. And Disney plus is heading down that road too. If they didn't have Marvel, like I, I probably wouldn't have had them to begin with. I'm going to have to have them now that we're having a kid. But other than that, their value is not there. Yeah. You know, when you announce this is like the day Ahsoka comes out. Why are you announcing it before then? Like they should, they really need to pair this with something that's like, wow, yeah, yeah, you're right. I need that. So bad that's, timing in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Why would you shoot yourself in the foot there? Yeah. So is there any service that you use? that's kind of like a, I'll never cancel it as of now. Like for me, it's YouTube and Hulu's next. Um, do you want to, you want to take a guess at this? <laughs> Go for it. What do you got? <laughs> it's a, it, a, I'll tell you, it's, it's the home of Star Trek. Oh, yeah, actually, that's a really good point. Yeah, that one I'm sharing as well is why I know that one will get canceled. But yeah, (laughs) the only thing that would make me consider ever canceling Paramount Plus is if they start getting rid of more Star Trek shows like they did with Prodigy. And then if they if when there is no new Star Trek coming out, then it's what am I watching it for? Big brother. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's right. I just I just record that shit over at the parents house and go watch. Well, the survivor over there anyways, because that's what we have to record. We have to write notes for that. Um, I will say the developer or the the showrunner for Prodigy says they're still working on the show. Yep. So season two is a 90 percent lock that they're going to be on a different platform. It's not going to be Paramount Plus by the sounds. Okay. of it. But I now they're just splitting the family, you know, like. They are, but at some point, like to me, I've always been a big Prodigy fan, not because I've seen it. I haven't seen it yet, but we <laughs> need that next era of star trek fans so like even with like the mario movie i was i stopped dashing the mario movie just because i was like this is going to be the mario for a lot of kids and if we don't get them hooked there won't be mario in the future so we need to make sure that they're hooked yep 
yeah, Prodigy, man, bring it on. And it's got, why have I not watched it? I don't know. It's got Janeway in it. And so I need to watch it. And I know Chicote is going to be in it. And he was trending on Twitter for all the wrong reasons. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Chicote. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, T- THQ Nordic announced a few things. We're only going to talk about two of the good ones. Everything else is on our website, gfpods.com. Link in the description. Uh, first off, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Last Ronin. It's a video game adaptation of the comic book miniseries. It's going to be done by Black Forest. Now, they did the Destroy All Humans remaster and Destroy All Humans 2. Did you play either of those games? No, but I did play the original Destroy All Humans before the remaster, like yeah. way back in the day. And that was a very fun game. Yeah. Now, can you imagine them play, building a game as big as, say, like Batman Arkham City? I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of a stretch from what I remember. But yeah. OK. Because to me, Destroy All Humans seems like such a small game in comparison to like what they plan on doing with this one. That I'm like, is this studio big enough? Do we trust them? I don't know. It's a new face. Though. I wouldn't mind a new face getting a hold of a big franchise like this because I'm so tired of seeing EA this and stuff. So maybe I should just wait. Yeah. If it's published by THQ Nordic, you know about what to expect. Yeah. Like the dollar range should probably be around 40 is what I'm is what I'll say about I this. See. Yeah, that's that's the THQ Nordic way. OK. Yeah, because I'm, I'm imagining this being that. like a fat triple a title but you're saying like no this is going to be something more reasonable within the range of okay that makes i'm not i'm not saying it's going to cost 40 i'm I'm going to say that you should wait until it's 40 oh (laughs) that's that's probably yeah thq nordic right here the guy tapping his head (laughs) thq nordic they well nordic has been around forever thq right was a different company way back in the day now nordic owns the license to most of thq's old stuff and now call themselves THQ Nordic um, yeah. hasn't been known for like the best gameplay in their games, but the stories and like the, you can tell the heart and the soul in the games are there. It's just, they, they play a little wonky sometimes. Like the, the, the graphics have a lot more bugs in the, like there's a lot of stuttering. It's like, it's just not oh, the polish isn't all there, but yeah. it's still, you can expect a decent game. Sometimes the story is more important, though, because, I mean, like the polish is all over Overwatch 2 and that thing's getting review bombed to hell on Steam right now, because why did you guys release this on Steam? That was such a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, polish doesn't mean everything. Sometimes it's a good story. And we know that Last Ronin is a good story already from the comic book. So hopefully that'll be successful. Next is South Park Snow Day. It's going to be a new 3D co-op multiplayer game. Now, the past two South Park games were kind of a 2D look. So this will be the first 3D since n64 when they were doing the like the cart racer or whatever it was um south park games are surprisingly good have you dug in any of those the last two that came out the 2d ones were made by obsidian which okay. was like okay that that's why i would play it yeah that makes sense the, first of all having a 3d south park game again is that kind of defeats the purpose of south park for me right but uh, simpsons i guess did it well with hit and run um simpsons did it nice (laughs) i i i'm not gonna play it i have no no drive to play it great catch on the obsidian thing because yeah obsidian's names on something i'm gonna play it i mean like their work with you know the fallout stuff and it's just always so good um but yeah this is and now you may be disappointed because i was like oh new south park game i liked the other two (laughs) i'm sorry yeah well now i'm disappointed and now i'm gonna (laughs) well okay I, I, I'll make I'll turn this around. Then we'll we'll talk about okay. Titan Quest too, because that's also on your list on the website yeah. gfpods.com. Um, Titan Quest was a classic ARPG. I would highly recommend playing Titan Quest two when it comes out, because I'm sure that the polish will be there regardless of the publisher, because the developer of the Titan Quest game, if it's the same one, loves the franchise. So, the, like the the Titan Quest community is still huge on Steam. Like you can go back. It, it's such an old game, but it's still actively played to this day. So Titan Quest 2, that's exciting. Do you know who the developer of that is? I don't. I was hoping you weren't going to ask. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> have we have you done a pushing buttons like best developers for community or something like that? Oh, uh, we did our. Oh, no, we did a top five on Geek Freaks, I think. Oh, OK, something like that of our top five developers. Maybe it was on pushing buttons. Yeah, because I, I remember saying Rare was really good. And so, yeah. but now I want to put coffee stain up there really high because I love coffee stain so much right now. Okay. So, all right, that might be another. We, we need to write these down. I don't <laughs> know. Pushing buttons not necessarily coming back, but we're 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 writing down topics nevertheless. <laughs> right.
Alright, so next up we're going to be moving over to the chat segment. We've done this on YouTube a lot now, guys, and you guys have seen it around here and there. Um, we're going to be talking about video game movie and TV adaptations. So, just to warm us up, let's talk about some of our favorites, some of the worst. Is there something that comes to mind that is like your favorite adaptation from a video game? From a video game or to a video game? Or from either. a video game. From either, video actually. Game. Let's, let's try it around with either, because that's a really good idea. So, damn it, I already talked about Assassin's Creed. I was surprised at how well polished that movie was. I, Wait, didn't, I haven't given it a shot. I actually like I'm not going to ever go back and watch it. And the story was kind of eh, I see what they're getting at. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it for what it was. It's a stupid action flick, but sometimes mm-hmm. you just want to watch a stupid action flick. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It got a lot of shit for the movie actually being decent in a weird way. I don't know if that's the best one. Because that I haven't seen the Mario movie and I want to watch Mario. Oh, dude, that's the best. <laughs> yeah, but there haven't been good ones really until recently. So the way you describe that Assassin's Creed reminds me of the Prince of Persia adaptation, which okay. also was just like, yeah, you know, it's not like gonna win an Oscar, but you know, it's cool. You know, you got Hall that's you know just pressing a dagger and time runs. It's fun. Uh, that was worth watching, but I think Mario's a really good one because after you said that, it made me think probably the best adaptation is Mario and the worst adaptation is Mario. <laughs> Depending on which Mario you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think makes for a good video game adaptation then? Because I see the, the new Mario that's so good stayed really close to the source material. It like invented some new stuff, but definitely stayed to there. But another really good one for me is Detective Pikachu, which did not use the source material hardly at all. So what do you think makes a good adaptation? I think I'm going to actually use Sonic the Hedgehog as my example. because I have seen both the Sonic movies and I did like both the Sonic movies quite a lot. And they're very different from any of the Sonic TV shows. And the source material is Mm -hmm. somewhat there. But for the most part, it's it's a totally original story with some totally original side characters. So I think what it is is being able to pay homage to the original source material of whatever it is you're dealing with while making something completely new that you can say stands alone on its own. It's I'm going to do it again. It's the, the star Trek, uh, JJ <laughs> Abrams, star Trek thing. Like, yeah, this is a new, a new timeline. So you can accept it as its own thing. And then uh, suddenly people can like myself can be like, okay, I can watch star Trek, the, the 2009 movie, because it's yeah. not this star Trek. It's not erasing anything. It's adding to it in a different way. So I think if you're paying homage to it while making something com- completely new and not being. I don't know, not being like, don't ridicule your audience over it. Right. Which we saw we were talking about Witcher earlier. That seems to be a big problem there with like the showrunners are so uh, they're, they're separating themselves from the source material. And they actually I just read a thing where one of the producers is annoyed by Kev- Henry Cavill because he was too big of a fan. And it was like. That makes me not want to watch anything you guys do now. And so, yeah, you got to be serious with it. Could you imagine if on the set of The Mandalorian, Jon Favreau was just like, yeah, I, I don't care uh, what you guys do. Uh, I, I never really liked Boba Fett, so I don't really get this Mandalorian guy anyway. No. Like, <laughs> could you imagine that? And he's like the, one of the two major guys there. Like, why? Yeah. No, that, I, that that's what I love about Star Wars stuff right now is that... Um, is John Favre? I can't remember the other guy's name off the top of my head. Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. Thank you, Dave Filoni specifically, but also yeah. John Favreau's vision of Star Wars as a whole, and Dave Filoni, what he's able to do with telling Star Wars stories specifically, carries on the franchise for me. And honestly, I almost I almost see those as adaptations, just because it's so new and so different, even though it's the same medium. Yeah. If that makes sense. And they do stand on their own, and but they do reference back to the old stuff. And stay pretty truthful to them. Looking, looking at some of the other adaptations I'm seeing here, uh, you know, Rampage is with The Rock and stuff like that. Rampage, the video game, was so loose that really you couldn't botch it unless you, like, straight up just didn't make the characters that were in the game. And they did that. They, but they, they did kind of, like, lean it to where, like, oh, the, but the monkey's actually on our side, which is obviously not how that works. Right. But, and it was mostly just watching The Rock be the same exact character he's always in every movie. And but it was still good for like a summer flick that was just like, yeah, I'm just going to watch The Rock, like hang out with some CGI characters. And I think if you don't take if you don't take the adaptation so seriously, like, for example, if you go with uh, uh, Mario, like Mario has a story. 
like you know what Mario's whole jam is. Rampage doesn't have a story, so you can just kind of screw around with that one. I think that works well too. And there's a few that do that, but I think you know Mario's really good about, or I'm sorry, Rampage is really good about that. I want to bring up one of my most hated examples, and that is Doom, because you brought up The Rock. I had to talk yeah. about Doom. Um, the Doom movie was so bad in so many ways, and I think it was because they were trying to appeal specifically to the audience of people that recognize the name Doom from yeah. either their dads playing it back in the day or the newer games that I don't think there were any new games back then when it's the movie the time, came yeah. out. <laughs> Doom 3, I think, might have come out around that time. But yeah, yeah, Doom was not very popular of a name at that point. Mm-hmm. And man, they tried paying. They had the whole first person shooter scene in the movie. That like, scene was awesome. I will say like that was so, that was cool. I think as a as a person that played Doom back in the day, like, OK, I get that. That's cool. Yeah. But if you're just watching the movie, you have no idea. You're just watching it because oh, Dwayne Johnson's in it. It's like, what the <laughs> heck is going on with this? Why? Oh, I'm getting <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. Uh, it, I don't it know. It's, serve it either seems... audience in that sense. Like, yeah, exactly. it's, it's a bad movie on its own. So it doesn't serve the, just the normal movie goer. It also just is not a very good adaptation because we didn't get like the doom guy or anything that really looks too recognizable to the video game. Not a whole lot of references that are useful. So that one just kind of fell flat and was only using the name. Like you're saying, that's a shame. Cause man, that, that would be dope if they actually stayed like outside of Mars, they actually just stayed in that little like room or whatever. Like we promise Mars is out there. <laughs> <laughs> has the rock um, ever been in a good movie oh god oh boy now you're talking now you're talking some smack <laughs> moana he's in moana okay does, does that okay has he ever been in a good live action movie i, I, I guess if i say he has. if i have to clarify it then oh. then i've already lost but have you seen jumanji i actually want to i have not seen either of the two jumanji reboot movies yeah, Johnson didn't give him a shot because he was kind of like, you know, it's not Robin Williams. And I don't blame him for that, but you got to give him a shot and just take him for what they are. They're a family flick or whatever, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean level. And you can't go wrong. I mean, it's all of them with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart saves the day. Jack Black does some of his best acting in a weird way. Yeah, it's, it's totally worth a watch. It's good stuff. People said the same thing about Aladdin to not give that one a shot because it wasn't Robin Williams. And I liked Will Smith as the genie in Aladdin. Yeah, they did the songs were a little wonky on that but okay yeah <laughs> i like mortal, mortal Kombat. so let's talk about some that have like a multiple okay. movies mortal Kombat. they have two of the old ones and then one new one that came out recently i can't stand the older ones but the new one i was like yeah, i get it you you like really don't care about the story apparently you're just gonna throw these characters together uh it almost feels like a completely different story i know that the mortal Kombat story is wackadoo and squeaks has to catch me up on it every so often have you seen all the movies what do you think about that one I didn't know that a new one had already come out. I know yeah. of the first two, the original Mortal Kombat and then Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And honestly, I hate the knee jerk reaction that I had when you said you hate the old movies. Mm. I, I wanted to to argue. And then I think back and it's like the music is iconic. Yes. Everything else about that movie was fucking awful. Right. The second one was was trash, was just a trash movie altogether. Annihilation yeah. just was garbage 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 the first one i thought some of the scenes were kind of cool but it does every trope of an adaptation wrong it does all of them it does the like trying to play to the the core audience of people who know what mortal Kombat is with Mm -hmm. the things like get over here and yeah finish him your soul is mine that kind of stuff like that was that that's all just like really cheesy stuff that's specifically to pander to us who have played the source material which is okay to have that kind of stuff but it's it was very much in excess in those movies and i don't think it did a good job of drawing in new people that didn't know what mortal Kombat was because it was just way too damn cheesy of a movie to begin with i will say the 2021 is cheesy because of course it has to be there's like a guy with metal arms and so two years old and i didn't know it was out yeah yeah, it came out during the pandemic. It was one of those. It was like, oh, it's supposed to be in theaters, but screw it. It's on HBO now. Oh, so, yeah. HBO. oh I've never had Max. Oh, my that, God. That might be I, it. I keep telling you, you got to watch Veep. Everybody's got to watch Veep. So oh, I've watch- seen Veep in its entirety. Okay. okay, I was about to share some passwords here. <laughs> Don't do that, guys. That's bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it does a really good job of kind of being like its own thing as well, standing on its own. And it does do the get over here at one point, which it uses like the actual game audio for it. And I was like, okay, well, that was we needed that. That was just for us. So that was perfect. 
But that's also cheesy to me if it uses it straight from the game. Like I I I get off on that kind of stuff. But yeah. it's also like if I I I could see from an outside perspective how that be totally off putting. Like it, that doesn't fit. It's just out of nowhere. It's out of left field. I don't know. <laughs> I went okay. Editor Frank, make sure you add it again over here because you have to at this point. We've said it enough times. Tomb Raider. Uh, I think that the Tomb Raider series had a good start, but it didn't like want to actually like tell a good story. I don't know. To me, the story was a little bit everywhere. It was trying to set up like, oh, we're going to use Tomb Raider to make our 007, you know, a version of it. And then the remake came out, which there's a new remake even beyond this. This one's not the new new version of it that reduced the budget dramatically and went back to kind of it kind of rebooted to where the games had rebooted. And I think that had a better shot. But of course, people who own Tomb Raider didn't like that either. They're rebooting it again. Do you think we could get an adaptation that'll actually carry through to an entire franchise like we see with 007, like we see with Mission Impossible? I, that's hard to answer for sure, because I think it goes to what you individually like. Like, yeah. I want to say for people like yourself, who are who's a big fan of Halo, that Paramount's big Halo franchise should have worked out better than it did and could have. I, I didn't watch it. I don't care for the games. My thought is that's like Mass Effect. But what is Mass Effect if not just a different Star Trek <laughs> like yeah. that already exists in so many forms that mm-hmm. it, it's just so much about your own opinion of what you want and then like how you would do it or how you think it should be done and then taking everybody else's opinion into account. There's just nobody that's going to agree to the point where it'll be a success. God of War could do it if they did a good God of War movie. Yeah. God of War could Which probably do it. They're doing the series for that. Amazon's doing the series for God of that's War. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And it's going to be based off the 2008 version. And we're hoping that Danielle Busetti will be a cast for that. She's already been on the podcast and she's going to be back if she gets cast for that. So that'd be really good. Um, yeah, that's a really good idea. I, I, really good point there. Does it add something that's not already being said? A really great example of something that was like, ah, oh, this is questionable is The Last of Us. We all just thought like it's the new Walking Dead. So they weren't really paving new dirt or anything like that, but it still ended up working out really well. Um, I can't think of a video game that does something completely new. Like as much as I want to see the World of Warcraft movies keep going, you're just talking Game of Thrones with a different budget. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of hard. Anything off the top of your head? I know it's a bit of a stretch to ask that. That's a big question. Is there anything you could think of that would be like a totally new story that we don't really have in, in movies or cinema or anything like that? I, I don't know. It'd have to be something that has a big enough appeal with its name, but that's no. true. Yeah. The, the name too. Cause if you look at like uh, uh what was that one? Monster Hunter boy, that thing bombed so bad. And it was <laughs> right. just like, you have to really be a monster hunter fan to give that thing a shot. Cause it looks so stupid from the outside. And you see they're holding the weapons like that. It just looks ridiculous. See, the other thing is world of Warcraft. You were saying is a very recognizable name. But you're only appealing to people that want to watch a World of Warcraft movie, even if you sell it as it's it's Game of Thrones, but set in Azeroth. It's like if it's got the name World of Warcraft in it, I'm not going to watch it because I don't like World of Warcraft, even though I loved Game yeah. of Thrones. So it, it, it's really hard. It, it, treading carefully with a license is a good thing, but it'll also lead to you doing nothing with it at the same time. So it's such a hard line to walk. So with our preferred biases and stuff like that, like you were saying with Warcraft, which the movie is, it's not a great movie, but for the Warcraft fans, it gives you everything you could possibly want. Like we walked out of there like, I'm satisfied with this, which is more than we expected. And we had thought like it did so well overseas that we're like, they're going to make a sequel to this and then they can get to, they can get to the good story. This is the story you needed to tell. That's the good story over there with the Lich King. So we're hoping for that. We'll see if they ever get to it. Probably not. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Um, but with the, with the PlayStation and the Xbox console war, could you imagine somebody like, I'm not going to go watch God of War. I'm, I'm an Xbox guy. I'm a Halo guy. Do you think that could happen? <laughs> Is anybody not watching the Halo series just because they're big PlayStation loyalists? I, oh, I, I don't know. I, it, I, I think people that. that were PlayStation loyalists <laughs> at one point have grown up for the most part and, yeah. you know, have bigger and better things going on than to trash <laughs> Xbox bros. I will say, though, I'm wearing the pushing button shirt right now, so it's very appropriate to bring up pushing buttons again. I remember when Kyle had announced on the podcast that he was getting an Xbox one back in the day. I think it was an Xbox one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was like, why are you doing that? And then he was talking about how he and Robert could be Xbox bros. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't get it. Why? Why? It's, it was my tribalism coming out because I've been a PlayStation guy since the PlayStation 4. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Since the PS4. I was like, why would anyone want an Xbox in the PS4 generation? Like, it's the PS4 yeah. generation. And yeah, it, it's it, funny it, how native na- natural that comes to us. Like I did the poll on on our Twitter account. X account, guys, you can follow us on X. Um, <laughs> I did the poll over there to say, which one should I get? Xbox or PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 5 won. And I was almost like I was leaning towards PS5 anyways. And that was kind of like, OK, I don't feel guilty now because the voters, the vote said I had to. So I don't feel guilty about ditching Xbox for the first time in, you know, over a decade. And uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that was such a weird feeling. Like, why am I loyal to a billion dollar company? I don't know. Yeah, don't it, it makes no me. sense, but it also does at the same time. Like it makes yeah. perfect sense because people are nerds <laughs> and that's what we're here for. Let's wrap things up with our favorite and least favorite adaptations. Uh, I'll, I've already talked about the Mario movie, but I think Detective Pikachu just completely kills it. And how we, we have to get so many more of these are so good. Uh, it, it created a world where Pokemon exists, which I think is when you're a kid and you're, you're watching and playing with Pokemon cards. That's really what you're imagining. You're not necessarily imagining yourself as Ash Ketchum. I think you're imagining yourself in a world where Pikachu could be your friend. And that's what Detective Pikachu did. It's an excellent adaptation of a, of a movie, of a video game. Can you think of your favorite one? Um, can I answer both with one? Yeah, <laughs> I've got reasons it. for it. So back when I was a kid in the 90s, there was a Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. There's been several of them, but this is yeah. one that has been dubbed Saturday AM. It was the very cheesy. Every character was like a little more round, like everything was a little like off. It was my favorite cartoon. I didn't watch very many cartoons as a kid. It was one of my favorite cartoons. And they always had a message like there was a Sonic says at the end where he always says, like, don't talk to strangers. There was always something that he had to teach the kids. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And that's where for me, that's where he got his addiction to chili dogs from and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just have such fond memories of watching that show. I went back as an adult and watched it, and it is probably the worst TV show that has ever been oh, made. No. It is so <laughs> bad. It, it, it doesn't appeal to me. And it's not supposed to appeal to me as an adult. Right. And this is like 10 years ago. But like, even as a kid, was I dumb enough to actually like this? And I, I certainly was because it was my favorite cartoon. And it's, it's so bad. So it's probably the best and the worst adaptation yeah. ever. Some things just don't hold up, man. As much as I love Power Rangers, when you watch them, like wave their arms around as they talk, you're like, that's a lot. <laughs> it's hard to watch sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you see the zippers on their on their outfits. Yeah, seriously. Oh, my God. Um, mine was going to be Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. It was a Final Fantasy movie they made. It was all on CGI. Now, I watched this movie because I never played Final Fantasy, but I was like, oh, this you know, is a good way to get into it. And this is your worst time, one, right? What's that? This is your worst one, right? This is my worst one. Yes. Yeah, okay, perfect. Um, and at the time, I know this ages me immediately, but... This was one of the first movies like fully CGI. And so I was like, oh, this is a new technology. Let's check this out. There was a time when Toy Story was known for that and not just being like Pixar. It was because it was like the first CGI movie. And so I went to go see this thing and it seemed stunning at the time and it's not anymore. But it's such a weird and super sci-fi story and super out there that I feel like it's so alienating for something that could have been a gigantic franchise. I think if Final Fantasy took one of their fantasy based storylines at this time it was like lord of the rings era and stuff they could have like done this entire japanese medieval aged story and i think it would have done really well so i think spirits within ruined what could have been which is an entire like you know multi-movie spanning fantasy story based in final fantasy i think that would have been great so we got this garbage (laughs) (laughs) oh man let us know guys your favorite and your least favorite over on X, Threads, Twitter, or well, whatever, uh, TikTok. I keep getting the names all messed up. Let us know, guys. Uh, we appreciate your, your, uh, your input on those. We're going to be ending things off with our recommendation. What is your recommendation for the week? Uh, it's got to be Baldur's Gate 3. I said I couldn't do it last yeah. week because I hadn't played uh. it enough. I'm, I'm still not very far into it because of how massive the game is and just how much there is shoved into every little nook and cranny in that game, but I have to recommend it. It is. It's so fun. Just if you're, if you're an RPG guy, if you're a turn-based guy, 
uh, even if you're not and you're just looking for something new that has so much soul, so much heart in it. Uh, Larian knocked it out of the park. Just fucking killed it. Absolutely. Oh, man. Like, like it's game of the year contender. If it wasn't like if there wasn't Tears of the Kingdom and Starfield already that, like, coming out this year or have come out this year, this would have been like an instant game of the year winner. It's still Dude. in contention, but it's this year's been How? nuts. We have Jedi Survivor that came out this year and it's like not even oh, in the shit. conversation. Yeah. And it's crazy. like, it's so good. I loved that game. And I understand that I can't put it up there as game of the year because look what else is out there. It's so crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. What I mean, Diablo 4, it's not, you know, I don't think it's a game of the year, but I mean, it's definitely worth being mentioned. And it's like, man, just it's this year. It's just crazy. So, yeah, um, I will be playing that. I had literally finished downloading it. So that's going to be what I'm playing while I'm trying to go to sleep. And that's not going to work out well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> My recommendation for you guys, you, if you listen to this podcast more than a day, you know that we love Gargoyles around here. Well, they have the comic book series. It's done by Greg Weissman. He's the creator of the actual series. And he says that this is the continuation of the show. He just launched a new mini series. The second issue came out on Wednesday. It's Gargoyles Dark Ages. Now, if you like me and you watch the Gargoyle series, you know, he's like, oh, man, I like that beginning, the intro every, every episode. It's them in the medieval times. That's what this comic book is. It's before they get frozen and jump to the future. It's all the medieval time part. That's awesome. Yes. So check that out, guys. Uh, there's only two episodes or issues out right now. You can super catch up on that thing. And yeah, it's literally gargoyles with sorcerers and kings and knights and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Check out Challenge Accepted. We just put out the episode for Good Omens. The next episode's coming out soon, and we did... Uh, My Hero Academia, which Thomas made me watch a lot of anime to catch up on that one. Holy cow. So that was that was fun. Uh, we actually just one of the things we discussed over there, like we discussed on this one, we discussed over there how humor works in anime and how it might not ring to some people. I had to do some major research on that. I didn't know what shonen was. Shonen means it's like aimed for adolescent boys. And I guess that's what My Hero Academia is. And that's maybe why I'm not like on board with it. And it does. Check it out, guys. It's a very good discussion. And then we also have uh, Who's Got Next Game podcast coming out next week and our interviews start next week. So everything's coming up, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.